You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. Together, we're here to empower, educate, and encourage women to start talking about money. Discover more at fidelity.com slash it's time. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey, it's Jean Chatsky. Welcome to Her Money. So if you are at home, maybe it's 5 o'clock or 5 o'clock at least somewhere, then make yourself a drink. Put your hair up in a messy bun because I just have this feeling that my guests this week are going to make this show feel a little bit like a Her Money happy hour. It's Jean Chatsky, and I'm on the phone with Catherine Belknap and Natalie Telfer. Many of you already know them as Cat and Nat. They head up a rapidly exploding online community of moms who tune in every single day on YouTube and Facebook to watch them rewrite the paradigm of the perfect mom. What I love about them is that they say what we're all thinking, and they're best known for their virally famous hashtag mom truths. Between the two of them, they parent seven children, they manage, and I mean this literally, they manage two husbands, and they run a company called Social Common Creative, which is an online community delivering content geared to the millennial mom. Kat and Nat, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Sure. So where are we catching you? Oh my gosh. We just finished doing our live Facebook show and we're sitting in the hallway upstairs in Nat's house where we have good Wi-Fi. Excellent. And I just looked down at my legs and I saw how hairy they were. I missed a giant spot around my ankles. So Don't you hate how- that? Oh, yes, we do. And it happens all the time. But we have our seven kids. They're all in school today. It's the second day of school for us. And so it really is a pure celebration. So, yes, have a cocktail with us. Have a cocktail and cross your legs the other way. That's my trick when I'm sitting on the set with Matt Lauer and I realize I have a patch on my legs that I totally miss. Just cross the ankles in the other direction. That's a good tip. Thank you. You are so welcome. So take it back to the beginning for me. How did you meet and and was it love at first sight? Oh, Oh my gosh. That's adorable. We we do consider ourselves uh, soulmates, but we met when we were in high school and we were friends. Uh, But then, you know, in our 20s, we just went different ways for no reason, just because that's how life happens. But we were the first of our friends to have babies so we connected over Facebook and met for coffee and talked about what the heck was going on in our lives with these tiny babies that were making us go crazy and we literally have never left each other's side. What was it that made you decide that you wanted to be more than friends but that you actually wanted to (laughs) I know more than friends that you wanted to go into business together and start this community for fellow moms? It's you know it's so interesting it was never like a conversation it was We've been told, and I think we feel it, if there's just, I I don't like the word synergy, but there is like something you cannot describe. It's like being with someone you've been with your whole life that you just know what they're feeling, what they're thinking without having to say it. And when you can pick someone up when you know they're down without them having to say it, it's like, it's so not about a business for us. It's more sharing really a journey. And we're not where we call ourselves expert oversharers, and a lot of people <laughs> happen to be thankful for that. And 
you know, companies it have really supported it and it did turn into a business, but it was never the intent to be a business. It just, it happened out of an organic, natural friendship that turned into mom soulmates that turned into a business. There we go. And the reason that we had the mission to keep going with the business idea is that the relationship we shared during motherhood was so important to uh, just being able to survive every day that we were like, we need to share this mission and this relationship and this friendship with more moms out there so nobody feels like they're alone. Well, do you think moms today with the internet, with social media, with Instagram feel even more pressure than ever before to be perfect, to look perfect, to act perfect? I'm, I don't know if it's, a, I don't, I don't think it's changed that much over time. I just think that we have a platform now to show our highlight reel. There's also a lot of great communities that show the other side and it's a great tool to connect with other moms who are maybe having struggles. And I think that it's just how you choose, who you choose to follow and what community you choose to join there's definitely a lot of perfection out there that we love. I mean, I follow it. I'm like, I'm dang, that's amazing. I well, that's would love, I would love that hair and that. that. We use that as inspiration. But um, some of the mom groups, uh, online mom groups, actually provide a space where you can be honest and find out there's other people going through the same thing. For us, we have something called the Cat and Nat Chat on Facebook, which is a group where people can talk about literally anything. And this is a place that they didn't used to have when they were isolated in their homes without the internet and without social media. So although you are comparing these perfect pictures, we found for the two of us, it's actually been a helping tool during motherhood. Yeah. So what are the things that you find people want to get really honest about the most? Everything. Oh my gosh. Relationships, <laughs> sex, marriage, in-laws, friendships. I'm waiting um, for somebody to say money. Okay. Oh. Right. Of course. Money. Yes. No, wow, seriously. I'm so glad we're on here. You know, oh, gosh, I think that money, um, yeah, money's a, money's a, a sore topic because people, I think, are afraid to talk about it, right? Yeah. So it is definitely a great conversation to have, and especially when a lot of moms, you know, need that conversation. And, you know, now that you bring it up in um, our group, <clears throat> there's a lot of people that talk about how, you know, should I have another kid? Can I afford another kid? How much does a kid cost? How much does it cost to run a family? You know, I don't have as much money. Maybe I'm not good with budgeting. So a lot of people actually do talk about that um, on in these communities and to their mom friends. What I love most about you is like the leg shaving comment before. Yeah. I mean, you actually say the things that many of us think, but don't say. So yeah. professional so oversharers is what we call it. <laughs> professional oversharers. So what are you thinking, but not saying about money? Do I have enough? Am I going to make it till I die with enough money? Is it, you know, do I have enough money for my kids to go to school? Like, I mean, I think it's always a conversation of, you know, where is it? What is it? How much is it? Do, how can we make more of it? It's, yeah. you know, it's always something that is in the forefront of our minds, and for sure. Literally, every time we go and think a new season's coming and the kids want to sign up, you know, they're begging to sign up for this class and that class. And then you add it up and you look at your, your partner and you're like, um, we just did, you know, did a bill for a couple thousand dollars for, and then we're like, Kat always says the sports are cheaper than drugs and rehab. And so, therapy, you know, <laughs> and therapy. So let's get them busy working their bodies on teams. Absolutely. How do you feel about the fact that your hobby, I guess, or your sideline has now become a business? And how are you managing it any differently because of that? Yeah, we used to know nothing about money 
or taxes or investing or goals for money or how to manage it. Now we have a team that helps us do it. I've also, you know, I think that also it's a skill that you need to learn and understand. It's something that people don't talk about. Like, like Nat said, we had no idea and we've had to hire people to be completely transparent, to help us understand what that looks like. Because, you know, filing a taxes for a corporation versus your part, like, you know, double taxes and all of this stuff, you're like, oh my God. Gosh, it's a lot of work. So there's not a lot. It's so weird. There is not a lot of education. No, no I think you're totally right. So there are so many different women who are going through this process alongside you, you know, that yeah. they've had hobbies that have become businesses or they've started mm-hmm. businesses intentionally. Okay. You hired an accountant, right? To deal with the yep. taxes. How about investing? I mean, the money started to come in. Did you open a retirement account? What did you do? We've oh. done that. It's in an account where we have. Oh gosh, you're making. Oh my gosh, my heart no. is racing. No, oh my gosh, I'm, this is good. This is really good. This is what we like. To be honest, we are. We have no idea what to do. Uh, we are sitting because also we're we're entrepreneurs and we we have people on salary and we want to make sure they're taking care. Of foolish as foolish as that is, they're kind of our main priority is taking care of the people that. Help us get through every day. Her name's Lindsay Curlew, and she's the best thing in the whole entire world. Um, but we have a team that helps us, and we're, we're really cognizant. Maybe it's because we're mothers. I don't know, but we like to take care of them. And, and I think we're nervous to see what else is coming next, right? Exactly. Like, we're still, even though um, we've been doing this for a little while, we're still growing, and there's still investments that need to be made and lawyers that need to be paid. So we right now, we just kind of keep the money there for, like, just to, just in case something were to happen. We feel like anything could happen at any minute that's going to cost a lot of money. I read someplace that your husband's actually became more supportive of the business once the money started coming in. Classic. Yep. You got it. I mean, I think that there's two reasons that happened. Number one, what we're doing when we were doing it, a lot of people weren't doing. So people didn't even know that it was a business and then you could make money out of it. So it was a learning curve for our husbands. And while we were trying to educate all the brands and people we were working with, but also it was, you know, it was taking time away from them, from, you know, when they come home from work, we'd be sitting there, we'd be working and they weren't getting the attention they wanted. But when they realized that what we were doing was, uh, had the possibilities of making a lot of money. Money, they all of a sudden were like, well, then yes, I'll help support you when you need to travel or I'll take care of them when you have to go out at night. Just kind of change things. I think uh, a lot of women have told us that that's kind of a common thing yeah, with their I, husband. I think that's right. And the one thing that doesn't seem to shift is housework. I mean, are they, girl, are they vacuuming? Are they vacuuming? Okay, so... We do say that the parenting hasn't shifted in the way that we're responsible for the kids all the time. Every doctor's appointment, every, you know, thing they need to sign up for, and it always comes to us. But we happen to have these crazy husbands who are really, really neat and tidy, way better than the two of us. So in that situation, we kind of got lucky. My brother is one of those guys. I couldn't marry him because he's my brother. But my (laughs) sister-in-law says that she judges his mood. He vacuums every day when he comes home from work. And she judges his mood by how aggressively he vacuums. Exactly. Yes, we have exactly. Them. We know what kind of day it was when they walk in and they start cleaning. They start you know? cleaning the kitchen that we already cleaned. As far as we were concerned, it was good enough. I mean, we're only going to mess it up again tomorrow. And there they are scrubbing the floor. And, and we're I'm, like, let's go do something. They're like, no, the house has got to be clean. And we're like, go. 
everything everywhere. You're like, okay, so I guess we had a good day today. This is so much fun, but let me just take a breath and remind everyone that conversations like this one are brought to you by Fidelity Investments. Fidelity is focused on helping women like all of us take charge of our financial lives because we deserve to live the lives that we've worked so hard for. So visit fidelity.com slash it's time. You'll find more conversations like this one with Kat and Nat. Actually, I don't know that you'll find any conversations like this one with Kat and Nat, but you'll find a lot of fantastic information about how to manage your money during life's biggest events and most challenging times, whether you're getting married, getting divorced, starting a new career, turning a hobby into a business. Again, that is fidelity.com slash it's time. So you guys are clearly very much on the same page, but I'm wondering about your respective relationships with money. I mean, they they say that spenders sometimes marry savers and risk takers marry people who are more conservative. In your business relationship or or your relationship as as friends, are you different? Oh, we're terrible. <laughs> we just look at each other and start laughing. We're like, we're spenders. <laughs> you know, it's okay. I'll just tell it to y'all. Why not? We basically, um, we buy each other anything we want. Like if she's like, I love that. I'm like, I'm buying it for you. Cause our husbands are such savers. So we have our, basically it's like our secret account where we buy things we really, really want that our husbands would be like, are you kidding me? We're like champagne for us when we're away. Absolutely. Yes. The two of us are really bad. It's actually a good thing. We do have the husbands who are savers. Now we've become responsible by having the whole team that helps us with finances and payroll and all of that. And questions everything. But when it stop comes, us. when it comes, to the money that the two of us are allowed to spend, we treat each other because, you know, we did have a business manager for about an hour and she told us that we should celebrate our successes. And we're so busy as moms that we don't do that often. So whenever the two of us are together and the husbands aren't around, we celebrate. So we what do. does that mean? Okay, we're really kind of lame. Like, we we go out for lunch or dinner. Like, we don't do that a lot because we have seven children. So, you know, like, let's take everyone out for dinner. Like, seven kids. And, you know, it's a lot of money. So we do what most people would call average. We call extravagant because we are really, uh, like, we're pretty big homebodies. When we travel, we try to stay at nicer hotels so we can have nice sleeps. Yeah. Uh And what else we do? We buy each other sunglasses and coats. You can tell that you're the parents of young kids because you still refer to them as sleeps. You know, how many sleeps? How many sleeps is that until I get to go to the zoo or go to the party? How many sleeps is that? Yes. Yeah. We're not, we're actually pretty modest spenders, but when we like to treat each other, when the other one really likes something, covets it, we get it for them. We surprise them. We we get it. And we don't feel guilt about spending money on each other. Yeah. I think that's great. And as we say in my house, this is why we work. Right. This okay. is why we work so that we can do these things. But it's just killing me here that I don't yet know that you have a retirement account. So I just want to make sure that that is something that you have crossed off your list because you've got this great opportunity. You work for yourself, your entrepreneurs. You could have a SEP IRA and you could be stashing away a lot of money to put those kids through college or oh. or put your feet up when you're 70 or just do something down the road. Please tell me that you're doing that. OK, 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 sure okay, we are. OK, mom. Um, here's the thing. Um, we actually have a really, um, we live in Canada, so we have a really great um, program for saving money for um, college. So yep. that's something like the government matches some of the money. So that's great. So we contribute to that. So the kids' college will be taken care of. 
Well, hopefully. Um, <laughs> as far as retirement, oh, jeez, I'm trying to get through the day. I think I have $1,000 in my account. Woo! I'm just saying, I, but I'm going to get there. I'm okay, we are going to have to have a mom's intervention. Shoot. I know. Man. I'm going to have to come to Canada and set you all up. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Well, we just we just switched from a regular um, checking account to a savings account with, we a, did. with a little bit higher interest on it. We did. We did decide to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. That's good. You That's know, one, one I, step in the right direction. I think okay. a lot happened fast for us. Yeah. And like I said, when you have payroll and you're responsible for people, and we actually just started getting the salary ourselves out of our corporation, yeah. we left everything. So for us, it was, this is all new. And, you know, thank goodness you mentioned that because now we're going to go <laughs> talk to people. I'm like, um, so we should be doing this. So, you know, I think the conversations like these are so important because you're bringing up points that I probably wouldn't have talked about. And not to mention, both of our dads are financial advisors. So it's sort of like, it reminds me of like the dentist with crooked teeth. Yeah. Okay, my like mouth is wide open now. Both of your dads are financial. Okay. All right. You just, you just pick up the phone and you call your dads and make sure that they're setting you up to go in the right direction. He actually already <laughs> tried to set meetings like seven times, but he's got to call Lindsay to get that to happen. So it's going to happen. <laughs> Okay, before we wrap things up here, I want to do a lightning round, and I want to do a lightning round on parenting topics. Okay, okay. are you ready? Yes. Ready. Allowances, yes or no? No. Yes. Uh-oh. All right, who <laughs> said yes? Uh, Nat. Nat, and why yes? Uh, well, uh, I haven't actually started it, but um, I like the idea of them getting – uh, money that they can put into a bank account and start saving and learn how to save and watch their money grow. And when they want to buy something, they have to take it out of their allowance. I got an allowance. I didn't get very much, but that's all I got. So I couldn't ask for more. So I had to learn to save it or make money if I want something else. And Kat? I'm no right now. They're too young. I don't believe in just giving them money. Um, it'll be a conversation when, you know, they need something and then we'll have to talk about why they need it. And then we'll talk about um, what they can spend it on. And it will be a conversation to happen when they are ready to understand the money, the meaning of money. Okay. Rewarding good behavior with money or gifts. Heck no. I want to say no, but I will. And I think I do. And why? Uh, well, when he pooed on the toilet, I gave him gummy bears and it worked. There you go. When it, when it works to pay for an A, people pay for an A. How about cell phones? When are they getting cell phones? We're going to assess each child while, when we get there. Nobody's old enough yet. I like the idea of a cell phone that I can call them and they can call me or they can call their dad or grandma, but not with the internet, right? Can yeah, there's, there's cell phones that are not uh, smartphones. So the smartphone and the cell phone will be two conversations. We'll give them a dumb phone first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this one is not a parenting topic. It's a relationship topic. Hiding money from your husband's in your underwear drawer. No, but dang, that's smart. Thanks for the tip. No, I <laughs> Or under the mattress. No, no. Okay. Potentially secret bank account, but. <laughs> and Visa. But no, no. But not the mattress. No. All right. Tell us what's next for you guys. Oh my gosh, we're about to blast off in rocket fuel. Um, I think that, you know, you know, the people in our community have been so um, unbelievable and it's because of them we're having conversations like this. And, you know, I can't believe that women get such a bad rap and it is the exact opposite of everything we've ever heard about. And, you know, um, there's a lot of supportive women who are helping us reach 
each and every unbelievable thing that seems to come our way. So we um, we have a lot on the go and a lot of things we're going to do, but the mission will always stay the same is that we want every mom to feel that they're part of the cat and that community because it's supportive yeah. and um, we have fun and we smile about life. And as long as we keep growing that and no mom is, is left out, then everything else that comes along with it is just fun. And remember, no matter where you are in the world, no matter what race, religion, whatever you believe in, we all feel the same way uh, towards our children and our families and love is to sit. You know what I mean? So yep. we just always try to connect back on fears, doubts, dreams. All of us have them. So we just try to keep to remember to connect on that that point. Well, we love you here. Thank you for coming Thank on. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. 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 So Kelly is with me in the studio. That was really fun. They crack me up. I watched one of their Facebook Lives yesterday. They do them every day. They do them every day, Monday through Friday. And they were unboxing sex toys. And just, I was crying. (laughs) (laughs) Laughing, crying. Laughing, crying. It was so funny. Yeah. They did a story on them on the Today Show with Jenna Bush Hager. And I had seen them around, but I hadn't really paid that much attention and I thought we have to get them on the show. Have to get them on. And I love, what what did they say? Expert over sharers. Yes. Perfect. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's we all want to be a little bit more oversharing when it comes to our money. I think if we could encourage oversharing, yes. that would be a good thing because none of us share enough. Mm-hmm. And so even if we think we're oversharing, we're not going to be oversharing. We're just going to be sharing moderately. Right. So that we can help each other. Exactly. Like um, with mailbag. Exactly. Like with mailbag. <laughs> so what do we have today? Our first question is from Stasiana. She writes, my husband and I want to buy our first home next year. Where can we find the best resources on finding out everything we need to know about the home buying process? We are military and will be using a VA loan. Well, since you said you're military, I'm going to send you right to my ebook. Um, I wrote an ebook for military families. It's free. It's called Operation Money, and you can find it on my website, which is jeanchatsky.com, and there is an entire section on home ownership. So I would just go there, take a look at it, share it with your friends, and um, and spread it around. And as far as other good sources for information on real estate, I like HSH. Com. They have forever been one of the largest publishers of mortgage rate information, but they've got people on staff who write a lot of really, really good things about homeownership. So I would look there as well. Thank you, Jean. Next one is from Carrera. She writes, I'm happily divorced from a previous marriage, as is my boyfriend. We both agree that we are not interested in getting married again for a variety of reasons, but we enjoy the same level of commitment without a marriage contract. Okay. He's 35 years old and does not have a retirement account. I'm 31 and recently left a higher paying job with excellent benefits to pursue my passion in growing a new business, but the new position does not yet have retirement benefits. What is the best way for us to approach this? Is there a tax advantage for him to cover all of the daily living expenses and for me to direct my income into two different retirement and savings plans, one for me, one for him. What's the best way for her to go about this? Okay, so I get where you're going on this. He doesn't really see the importance of a retirement account. You see the importance. And so you're thinking, well, I'll just do it for both of us and he can pay for everything else. And that might seem fair, but you asked the tax question. And from a tax perspective, this doesn't work because if you were married, one of you could contribute for both of you into IRAs. But since you're not married, 
you can't do that and both take the tax deduction. Oh, oh yes. So you're going to have to come up with some other way of making this happen. I would suggest trying to convince him one time that it is a good idea to contribute to an IRA or a Roth IRA for his future Sit down together, both set up automatic transfers into an IRA or a Roth IRA, and just let them happen, and then go ahead and try to split the monthly bills in some way that makes sense. Um, and this automatic transfer concept is really, really important because otherwise, every single month, you have to get yourself to pony up a contribution into the account, or at the end of the year at tax time, you have to get yourself to pony up a really big contribution into the account. Mm -hmm. This also allows the money to build. And although, as I've said a lot, saving money is not really a fun exercise, having money saved is a really fun exercise. It, it starts to make you feel really good and powerful. And you know this because you probably had one of these accounts in your last job. So unfortunately, it's a really, really good idea. But tax-wise, it's not going to work out in your favor. I finally started automating my Roth IRA contributions. Because Excellent. just like you said, I would have to make a reminder in the calendar and go do it myself. And then when I went to go do it, I was like, or I could use this money for this that's coming up. And it was less likely to happen. Finally did it. And now it's just, it's out of sight, out of mind, and it's growing happily. You know me. I mean, I, I automated my savings for everything I could everything. possibly automate them I for. Know. For college, for retirement, for vacations. You know, I, I've even thought there are some times that I, I think about Kat and Nat talked about how they like to buy each other things. Yeah. And, and as I've gotten older, I've started to have a thing for nice handbags. But I, the prices on these, they just make you crazy. And so I've even thought about automating small contributions into a little handbag fund that I wouldn't feel guilty about then spending on a handbag when the money came. I love that. And you know, I'm one of your biggest supporters for that. Updating expense. my handbags. Yes, you and that, my daughter. Yes. You and my daughter. I totally support that. Yeah. Okay. Here we, have, we go. We have one more from Al. He recently graduated and got a job paying about $70,000 a year, and he also gets an $8,500 bonus. He writes, given that I have very little savings, no debt, a credit score of 760, and an opportunity to live with my grandparents rent-free for the next year, is it a good idea to buy a $150,000 starter home in the next year to year and a half? How old is he? He recently graduated, so I'm going to say maybe 22, 21. I would say it's a good idea, especially if you are thinking that um, you're going to want to be there for a while or you're going to want to fix it up and flip it. I don't think of homes as investments per se. I, I think of homes as supplemental savings accounts. And so as long as you're, you're not going to have problems paying the mortgage, you're going to be able to put some money aside for emergencies. I mean, it sounds like you have so much runway because of the fact that you're going to be able to live without paying any rent, then I would say, yeah, sure. As long as you think you're going to be able to be there for a chunk of time and manage the cost of it, then why not? What a treat. Living Absolutely. It's so amazing. If you have the opportunity, 
And if you have like the mindset of this, like just using it as like a, it's a means to an end, right? It's not like you're doing it forever. Correct. So exactly. you have a plan. It sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Good everyone. luck. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks for that, Kelly. And let's just remind everybody if they want to send us a letter, an email. How do they? We know we get no letters. We, we just get emails. <laughs> Please don't send a letter because it's not going to get to us. But no, just jeanchatsy.com. I find that the majority of our questions are coming through the podcast question box on your website. We look at social media. We really do. But I'm finding a lot of you are just emailing us. So That's great. keep them coming. Absolutely. Okay. And now a little something different for this week's Thrive segment. Does your office dress code affect the way you feel about your job? We're talking about office wear because new research from UK fashion site Style Compare shows it can actually be a deal breaker for some employees, especially millennials. In fact, according to this survey, and sometimes surveys are not big enough to be scientifically valid, but according to this survey, one in five millennials have considered quitting their jobs because of what they had to wear. That's unbelievable to me. It's a little mind-boggling to me as well as a millennial. Well, it's it's unbelievable to me because I don't, as I look at millennials in the workspace these days and just people in the workspace these days, it doesn't seem to me that there's so much pressure to dress any which way. Am I wrong on that? I think it depends on the sector because I do have girlfriends in more traditional offices, you know, be it in finance or in law. And they, you know, vent to me about having to dress up, wear heels, do their hair and makeup every day. It's required in some offices. Like wearing heels is required or it's not necessarily written in the rules, but it's one of those rules that you know, like you have to wear heels. I'm sure they would not have a problem if they wore nice flats. I That's what I argue. But then they push back and be like, I would be the only woman in the office wearing flats. That's kind of amazing, actually. Did, did you ever feel pressure to dress a certain way working with me? Not at all. I think it depends on what we're doing. Because as you know, we've discussed before on the show, Every day looks different for us. So when I'm going, if we have, if we have a meeting, right, I'm going to dress more traditional business wear. As uh, you should. As we should, yeah. But if we're working from your house or if I'm going to my co-working space, my co-working office where people are in yoga pants and shorts and I don't have any meetings, then I'm going to be casual. So to answer your question, no, I think it's just rules of thumb that we grew up with uh, in terms of dress code and appearance. I do know, though, that there has been some research on how what you wear affects your productivity. And I have to say that's true for me. I mean, there are a lot of days when I work from home and yet I get dressed because once I get dressed, I'm more functional. Put yourself, because you're a millennial mm -hmm. and I'm not, put yourself in the shoes of one of these millennials who is feeling like their dress code is more than they could handle. What would you tell them? What would I tell them? I don't think I would ever leave a job because of what I had to wear. Because it sounds like this research, it came down to they didn't like the fact that they were being told what to wear. Uh, and I'm in my head, I would be grateful for the job, one. It depends on your workplace, of course. It depends on the sector. But if you have the opportunity and the relationship with a supervisor, I would approach the supervisor because I think a lot of this too, it's like when we were when I was talking about my girlfriends, have they ever asked their supervisor, is this okay? 
or have they just been going off of assumption and observational learning and not asked? So if that's you, or if you haven't asked, ask the question and see if you can come to a compromise. Or if you can do it one or two days a week. I right. mean, casual Friday has really morphed into casual every day in a lot of office, <laughs> place, true. office spaces. And I know a lot of men in particular who have much more trouble getting dressed for casual Friday than they have getting dressed the rest of the week because it's just a uniform. We might get some letters on this one. If you've got an opinion on this, send it to us because we'll share them. I, I think this is an interesting one. Well, I have so much trouble, as you know. I have no trouble getting dressed for work. I have a closet that is made for getting dressed for work. Do. But when it comes to going out on a Thursday night, I have trouble. Because so I don't have I don't have yeah. that closet. That's yeah. not my closet. I you know, I have I have a few things, but I have people are always surprised that I have very few pairs of jeans. But, you know, if people want to invite me someplace, it should be a work thing or it should be for a run because <laughs> I have enough clothes for both of those. I want to thank everybody for listening to Her Money today. Thank you to Kelly. Thank you to Kat and Nat. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at iTunes. Leave us a review. We also want to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. Our music is provided by Track Tribe. Our show comes to you through PRX. And join us next week when we will be back with Emma Johnson, author of the new book, The Kick-Ass Single Mom. We'll talk soon.